the project. Kuwait. Learn. Learn. All right. Hey, guys. How's it going? And uh, welcome to the project Kuwait. So, Ramadan Kareem. Happy Ramadan. Did I say that right? I said yeah. that right. No, that was, I was going to say that. Barak alaykum ashab. Barak alaykum There's many, many Arabic yeah, I'm the greetings. Kuwaiti one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, my first greeting was wrong. <laughs> okay. But yes, Ramadan Kareem from us guys at the Project Kuwait. And so we've got a special episode for you guys today, which is specifically about a little bit of discipline and how we can go about making the most of Ramadan. Yeah, we dive into a lot of tips and tricks of how to get through the month and sustain a healthy body, I would say, throughout the month and not really fall off the wagon like you see a lot of people do in the first two weeks. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people worry about what are they going to be able to maintain all the work they've been doing the rest of the year. But we definitely go through some really cool, useful things that you guys can take on to actually understand and actually maybe move yourselves further on because of the discipline and maybe the time schedules and the way of training and the way of eating that you can do during Ramadan. Yeah, and stay tuned in this episode. Meg drops a lot of knowledge bombs in terms of the science. And then Liam saves me on the science and calls me out. Calls me out and then saves me on it with the melatonin, <laughs> which, was pre- which was pretty funny because I explained it. And then Liam's like, so you meant it this way. But stay tuned. I think that's like in minute 30 or something. But it's a fun episode. You'll come out with some good you know, tips for the rest of the month. Good, guys. Enjoy. And yeah, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, during the month of Ramadan then you just let us know obviously you can hit us up on the Instagram on any social media we look forward to hearing from you all this and more in today's episode hey everybody welcome to this episode <laughs> we're in game on. I yeah, thought for sure I was gonna slip <laughs> <laughs> see I'm trying to stay away from it but people won't get it because they don't understand sex with Emily is you know another podcast that's ranked in the top three so yeah, yeah. and we were talking about the whole sex with Emily bit earlier, but um, I don't know how, how she just keeps being that's because of the titles. That's it. <laughs> this definitely because the titles. I, so. I read somewhere sex is the number one search term in the Middle East. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. <laughs> hey, and that's just sad because the internet isn't where you should be searching for that information. <laughs> well, you can't get it from home, dude. I mean, like, I know, sex is such saying. a like, People need to talk here. about it, otherwise they're going to get a bunch of false information. Well, oh, well, well, I mean, Pornhub's like their go-to, so you can't diss on Pornhub. No, no. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. Surely, we're not going to get into that on ratings for the freaking. All right, we're we're so we're so going down after this. We're going to lose like twenty. We might gain. We, we might we might gain. gain. We might get some. Listeners. We might gain. We might get we some might listeners. Gain. I would just do uh, the project. Are you in charge of the Google Ads? Maybe you can start working with that information just, to plug yeah. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we, yeah, we, we probably, our website would probably go higher on the old Google Ads. <laughs> Sounds like good information. Have, have to me. lots of fun doing the SEO for that site. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to have adverts all over our website now. That's it. Just for enlargement all right. and all sorts of different right. stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of parallel yeah. terms we yeah. could use. Yeah. Dude, we should not be talking about this considering the subject and topic of our show today. Oh, geez. All right. Yeah, it's part of life. It's part of life and it's it's part of the show right now. You know, we can talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, it's hilarious. No censorship. True. Very true. There's, there's absolutely yep. no censorship. Very true. So what are we actually talking about? Ramadan. 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 Yeah, I'm talking about the holy month. Great. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, on a serious note, we're actually, we wanted to touch on Ramadan and eating habits around Ramadan, right? Because okay, let's segue in after a different topic. Well, like really, like from my point of view, when I came from Kuwait, like this is the main. I actually landed just before the end of Ramadan. 
<laughs> What's going on? You and Meg? Yeah, right, Meg. <laughs> Smashing the keyboard. Me? What happened? <laughs> That's all right. Are you, are, you still on, are you still on that little nap of yours? <laughs> if there's no. random Sorry. noises. I, I, I didn't know if you guys... Okay, I'm looking at the hats and the water bottles, first of all. So. All right, all right. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> like, Do you want to look at Liam or me? Yeah, we'll get out of here. We'll give you Liam. He can flex into the camera instead of the mirror this time. What's up? What's up? Yeah, everybody that's listening, Liam was uh, flexing into the mirror. Yeah, there was a mirror there where I didn't realize it was before, so I just checked out, you know. Like, it's it's late. It's late at night. We've done like 40 episodes in this room. But I'm sure you had cover over it before. No, dude. I'm sure you had a cover. I took the cover off like two months ago. (laughs) Maybe I just haven't flexed enough then. Maybe I need to flex more. (laughs) Maybe that's something I need. A mirror behind where I'm set up. Is that what the. Yeah, yeah, it's it's direct. So what I was saying was actually, you were saying Ramadan. I landed like three days before the end of Ramadan. And so obviously from the Western world, Ramadan is like probably the furthest removed kind of way of life from what we're used to. Yeah. Whole, even just the whole concept of like not eating for a long period of time, like we're pretty alien to. But obviously, it's one of the holiest months as well. Coming from yeah. the UK or the US, obviously, we have very multicultural society. And so when we kind of landed here, it was a bit like, okay, like, what are the rules? What should I be doing? What should I not be doing? And then obviously, you have like some of the eating practices that are around Ramadan. When the sun goes down, like, it's like feast time. It's like crazy feast yeah, time. And yeah. some of the, like, there's like Vimto promotions. <laughs> there's like sugar, <laughs> sugar and confectionery promotions, like going crazy. So it's kind of like for us, it's almost like, okay, we see this at Christmas. And we see this at Christmas right. a lot. And like, it's like, okay, let's like overindulge. And it's kind of interesting since I've been here now three years, like to actually understand a little bit more about why people fast. And then also some of the things that maybe some people don't like about Ramadan in the kind of the overindulging in the evening times. And so, yeah, it's a really interesting period of time for me, particularly like just observing everything else. But obviously working within the personal training and fitness industry, then it's obviously a time that people are very conscious about, okay, how should I be eating? Yeah. And that's probably, I mean, that was definitely something that we've kind of talked about like before the show and something that we kind of wanted to touch on because it's quite a sensitive time for a lot of people. And like they're kind of going, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? Actually, some people lose weight. Man, you got a problem in the UK? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't like the microphone being on the other side. So switch sides. So yeah, it's difficult because some people either say that they massively lose weight and some people say they massively gain weight. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously it kind of depends massively on the kind of the type of person that they are and how they're eating and obviously their social calendar as well, which I think is probably the main point. And that's like the social calendar. How many times are they going to different places yeah. to go and eat massive, yeah. massive amounts and what's their discipline like when they're doing it? Well, the first week, you're going everywhere. Usually it starts with the immediate family. You're having your lunch. I mean, this is from the Kuwaiti perspective. This is yeah. what I do. And I'm horrible at practicing in Ramadan because I, I can't be bothered. My day is the same. I just fast. And then it's break fast, go to my grandmother's house, you know, have dinner with the family and just come back home. Now, before, previously, I would pig out. Yeah. Like I'd hit up the Tishriba. The, it was always Tishriba. That was my go-to. It's like this bread with like a, a sauce, like a marag. It's actually damn good, dude. Yeah. It's really I'm, good. I'm it's so saying, good, dude. It's like want, all bread. It's was, like all bread. It's like bread it's, with like a bread sauce. It's, it's literally, bread. literally all yeah. bread, right? <laughs> nice. And like I'd go to Bottom. town. Go to town on the sambusas, the kubba, like all the treats. And then you get into the sweets. Like Ramadan, I'd always gain. Yeah. But when I became yeah. a little bit more health conscious, that's when I was like, okay, well, what can I do to get some of the health benefits out of this? And it was like, you know, instead of having the sweets or instead of having the tishriba, I was having the meat from the Tishariba. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of trying to maneuver around it. It didn't do too well the first year. 
Second year, I just brought my own food. Yeah. <laughs> Second year, it literally turned into me walking to my grandmother's house with two pots, you know, meat and friggin' vegetables. And that was it. And I felt better. Honestly, like I felt great that year. I felt like I got some of the health benefits out of it. Yeah. But it is yeah. very traditional. It's very family orientated. Like I love it because it, it brings the family closer. You see them every day versus, you know, once a week. So it's pretty cool. You know, it's very traditional and I don't really partake in the traditions that much. Like I don't do the D one E scene either. Yeah. I'm at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, the gym is basically, that is your daughter, yeah? basically doing pretty much, well. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, you know. Yeah. Like, like that's the thing. It comes down to the choices that we make after football, in my opinion. You know, like do I want to go hang out with the guys and sit around for four or five hours, or do I want to go to the gym, try and stick to as much of a normal routine as possible to get all the health benefits from fasting? Yeah, the thing that happens kind of along with it is a lot of people look at it as this big disruptor in like a daily routine. And so they kind of use it as an excuse of like, oh, well, it's okay to stay up later and not sleep as well because it's Ramadan. It's okay to eat a little bit extra because I've been starving myself all day. It's exactly that Christmas mentality, but like for 30 days straight. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going to eat much steaks. I'm going to binge later. And yeah, just to partake in kind of all the indulgences because it's Ramadan time. Because it's just it's okay it, to kind of back there. up on stuff. Because it's there. Yeah. Well, isn't it? If you're going to like one or two different places for like dinner, then right. you've got one or two different like relatives going, oh, well, I made this and like you should try this and you got to do this. And, yeah. And then actually, I think a lot of people, they manage to stick to like fairly normal diet for like the first couple of days and then they kind of give in one time and then it's just like, ah, it's gone. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of stuff going with it too. Like when you give up, I mean, if you think of Kuwait and its coffee intake, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of that stuff. So when you go through a lot of those types of detoxes for the body, let's say in the first like week or two, it's a huge shock to your system. And so there's like, you know, headaches that come along with it. So you're not sleeping as well, but you're also not getting the caffeine that your body, you know, is kind of detoxing from. And then you're not eating as well. I mean, it's just a toxic combination all around. And there's a lot that the body is going through. But fasting itself, like there are tons of health benefits. But I think that's kind of the intention for today is like to help people navigate that of if they are someone that's a little bit more health conscious to make the most out of that time to where they're not giving up any of the strength and results that maybe they've been working on so far this year. And they're going to, you know, kind of get into that slump of by the end of Ramadan where they're break, not getting anything done and, yeah. and kind of slipping backwards the other way. So so do you think that people should yeah. maybe be like, because effectively intermittent fasting, like cause we're fasting for a yeah. period of time and then we're obviously then eating for a period of time. Do you think that people should be right. kind of starting to prepare like to do small fasts coming up to the, the beginning of Ramadan, like as a preparation? I think that's definitely an idea. It's definitely something to play with. I'm a fan of intermittent fasting maybe like once a month. I try to go for a 24-hour fast every once in a while. The only difference with my fasting and intermittent fasting in my experience is I still drink water. And I know that during Ramadan, that's yeah. you know part of the extra hurdle, I would say, that a lot of people have in, in dealing with the fasting process, of, especially when you are eating more sugar or giving up the caffeine and those kinds of things, that hydration becomes really, really important. And when you're not doing it all during the day, and especially if it's in those summer months. So it's nice now that Ramadan, I think my first Ramadan when I was there, it was really, really hot. And now it's getting a little bit earlier in the year yeah. where temperatures are a little bit cooler now. So I think everybody kind of looks forward to Ramadan in the winter months versus the summer months. Yeah, definitely. You'll see they're like longer days yeah. as well in the summer months. So like yeah. sometimes yeah, it can be, totally. especially compared to like the Western world. I mean, sometimes the, the days here can be pretty crazy long. So but I say, but just fasting itself, like with the benefits, like to play with that outside of Ramadan, I think is a great idea to get people to maybe 
not be so concerned about it or like let it stress them out so much leading into it, especially that first week. I think everybody after the first week feels all right with it, it kind of becomes a new routine. But there's a lot of health benefits. I mean, it kills off a lot of unhealthy and dead cells in your body that can cause, you know, damage and disease in other ways. You know, it does great for insulin sensitivity. I know Maddie, you had brought that up when you and I were yeah, talking. Yeah, it promotes earlier. Bl- blood sugar control by reducing insulin resistance. You know, it brings down inflammation throughout the body. It does a lot for your body. And it's funny because every major religion incorporates fasting into it. And I mean, that's yeah, which is beautiful because, you know, regardless what religion you're from, you know, there's some type of fasting. You know, the Christians have Sabbath Saturday. Can anyone correct me on this one? I'm a Bible school dropout, but I do know that like in Easter, you know, time or Lent or whatever, it's like, you know, on Fridays you give up the meat, you know, yeah, kind of thing. I think that's stuff, a form yeah. of like fasting as giving up something. Yeah. I think I was just talking to one of my friends who's from Greece and they were talking about the Greek Easter and there's, you know, fasting period. With I think they do like a 30 days of fasting as well. Lent? Is it Lent? Yeah. So that's like giving up kind of some specific thing. Okay. So no one listening to this show take religious advice. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the number one. To be honest, this isn't the most religious, like religiously directed show on the the airways. But but that's because we try and stay away from stuff like that. Everyone's beliefs are their own beliefs. Yeah. yeah, But I mean, I think every religion has put fasting in there for reasons, you know, beyond the whole try and feel the hunger, the starvation and, you know, living without. You know, more or less, I think for the health benefits, you know, it's it's very yeah. beneficial. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. good for inflammation, especially in the gut. You know, I mean, that's totally. one thing where you can heal your gut through intermittent fasting. You can heal your gut, but then you just don't want to smash it up again. That's by the like thing. Yeah. Hitting it with a load, a massive yeah, dump of it sugar. It totally depends. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just not eating doesn't do these benefits. That's the important thing, I think, with the insulin sensitivity, with, you know, like your, your cardiovascular health too. It can help with your resting heart rate, your blood pressure. There's all kinds of great things that can happen from it, but that depends on what you do then when you break that fast big time. That's yeah. not just from not eating or fasting. Like that's not to be confused with. That's just starving yourself and that's not the intention of this. Yeah, it totally depends on what you do. Like the hardest part is when you break the fast. The fasting isn't the hardest part, to be honest. It's, yeah, fasting is kind of the easy part. It's the choices that you make after that. It's like any kind of those crash diet things, like the whole 30 or something like that, right? Like (laughs) those 30 days, it's really day 31. That's the challenge. And so the same thing with Ramadan, it's when sun goes down, (laughs) it's a momentary choice. (laughs) Dude, being an ex-smoker, like literally, first yeah. thing I'd do is smoke a cigarette. And that could not, like, I just threw everything out the window. You know, my dad, he's a yeah. smoker. He's still a smoker. And he'll sit there and he'll puff away on like three cigarettes in a row. I'm like, yeah. dude, you just totally like negated everything. Everything <laughs> everything you yeah. did during the day is yeah. just going out the window. And then you get everyone breaks their fast on dates. You know, it's typically dates and living or dates and water. Yeah. But yeah. here's the issue that I see with the dates that we have at my grandmother's house. It's those sugar-coated dates with a lot of the uh, molasses on it. So, I mean, that right there, that can't be good for you. Like, from everything I've read is bone broth is the best way to go. Eat light and work your way into yeah. it. That's um. That's Meg's exciting. Exciting. I was like, oh, Meg finally woke up. She's awake now. Everyone better be prepared. This is it. Stress terminator. I was working on my sleep, which is tip number seven I have for Ramadan. But sugar sugar is tips number one and two. So eating sugar and drinking sugar. And that is, yeah, the dates is fine breaking the fast with that. But I think the bone broth is a much better option. I'm not going to say you should or shouldn't. 
It's going to be a better or worse option. And if you're going to eat the dates and you're going to, let's say your training times are around then, you know, you just finished training and you want to break your fast with the dates, like by all means, go ahead with that. That's a solid option. I think there's still a health benefit to that. But if they are covered in other stuff, then you're definitely taking in more sugar than what your body needs because dates are already incredibly high in sugar. So limiting your intake of that, I would say is like tip number one, as far as yeah, eating sugar right at the breaking of the fast. But if you drink something like bone broth first, and then you have your dates, that bone broth is going to help prevent that insulin spike because it's very fat heavy. So not being afraid of good, healthy fats during Ramadan when you break your fast, I think is also incredibly important. Well, that's going to help you keep you kind of satiated as well. So it kind of help you keep you full, right? Totally. So for that, stop you from eating too much more later in the night, like unnecessarily more. Kind of obviously reaching for those like those sugary treats and stuff like that after dinner and things like that as well. So kind of making sure you're getting good healthy fats and realistically like sticking to those kind of rules that we've kind of talked about before for losing weight and feeling good and healthy is like trying to avoid the processed foods as much as possible, which I see uh, like massively around like because obviously we have like a whole load of different bits and pieces and usually there's a load of sweets and like they're all out at the same time. So if that's out at the same time as your normal whole foods, your unprocessed foods, like you're kind of, even if we're talking about rice and, and meat and things like that, like we actually then start to reach for those sweet things because our brain is going, hey, this is there, it's ready to go. And so then we start to eat too much of that, not enough of maybe the meat and rice that's actually going to keep us yeah. full. And so we're eating a lot of sugar, getting a massive insulin spike, the body's then going to start to store fat. And then actually we're completely off the road of where we want to be physically and uh, performance wise. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's, 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 that's where I finished. I finished that. Uh, no, I was waiting. That's I, all I, I know about Ramadan. I'm looking at the camera and I was waiting for Meg to say something. I was like, all right, I'm just going to wait for Meg because I was going to talk about melatonin, but yeah. Yeah, me with melatonin. What's going on? Well, melatonin, I found this in my research today that apparently melatonin regulates, not only does it regulate your sleep, but it also regulates your appetite at night. And there was a study where they had given it to obese people in the United States. They gave them melatonin at night to reduce their appetite. And they okay. found in the study that they did actually reduce their weight and their appetite at night. So if you increase sugar and increase your carbohydrates, Meg, correct me if I'm wrong, then you're probably going to kill your melatonin output naturally. Does that make any sense? So say, repeat that. Sorry for me real quick. So, all right. If you're eating sugar and eating carbohydrates and you continue to eat it throughout the night, right? Yeah. You're spiking all your levels. So then what that would cause is a crash in your melatonin levels, right? So yeah. which would make you hungry throughout the night, therefore snacking all night long. Yeah. Versus so like, if like you had thinking... that natural jolt of melatonin from your body, you know, naturally we produce it, right? Yeah. To stop so, you from waking up when you sleep. Yeah, like exactly. That. So it regulates your sleep cycle. Exactly. So it'd be like almost the thinking that when you start to, if you stay awake, like you maybe you have an all-nighter, and then you feel like super hungry again. Yeah, like, and, yeah, you're like, exactly. and then you just start exactly. snacking just cause, almost because you're awake. But then also the fact that the body is going, actually, I'm not getting my energy back. And so I need to keep, keep eating. Keep fueling the fire, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of like almost like when we think about burning the candle at both ends. And then actually, like, we start to go and crave like McDonald's and all sorts of like rubbishy foods just because we haven't slept properly. But yeah, that's kind of the, along the same lines as what you're talking about, right? Pretty much. So you need to kind of regulate your sleep as much as you can during Ramadan, even if it's just, even if you're not going to get a whole eight hours or nine hours or however much you need, like in one go, just trying to make sure that it's kind of like the same time so that your body can expect when to go to sleep. So then it's not going to increase that hunger hormones and then start you eating on a bad path. Yeah. Yeah. 
pretty much. But no, it's a good idea though. Good Mel- melatonin, yeah. Good But I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't think of it from the melatonin standpoint, but more from the actual like the appetite standpoint yeah. with regards to like obviously people's sleep gets messed up in Ramadan. Oh, definitely, dude. One hundred percent. I mean, people are going to bed at like the guys that I work with are like, yeah, I went to bed at like, you know, three o'clock last night. I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me? No wonder why like you're, you feel like shit the next day and yeah. you can't fast throughout the day. It's because you're screwing with your circadian rhythm so much that you don't know what night from day is. So your appetite's all messed up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're eating lunch at 5 p.m. and dinner at 12 a.m. Yeah. And it continues throughout the night. So like you're kind of, I mean, no wonder why people are like, oh, I feel like crap. But yeah. then my, you know, God rest her soul, my great grandmother, she was in her 70s. She looked like she was ready to go when she was fasting. Like she was all good, man. Yeah. She was old. <laughs> she, she, was old. Like, she was old, but she still kept to the same rhythms that she kept to. And she always fasted like, I think, one day a week during yeah. the week, her whole life or most of her adult life. So I think that helped her manage it too. So, yeah. I mean, realistically, yeah. we're awake like a good period of time. Like before, maybe not before the sun comes up, but after the sun goes down, yeah. for sure. Like, I mean, like at least like three, four, maybe five hours like for people's general normal rhythm. But I think it's the social events that kind of keep people up and the kind of the obligations that people feel they have to go this one and then go to deal with there after and then stay there. And, and then, then you get the prayer, the Tarawi yeah, prayer. Like you those, pray those from kind of eight o'clock and every night it gets increased throughout Ramadan. So, yeah. you know, that part of it. Too. So it's definitely difficult to kind of regulate your sleep. But I guess it's kind of you have to, just as you kind of brought up at the beginning about you ended up bringing food with you. It's like, okay, what are you actually trying to achieve? during ramadan like are you trying to achieve more discipline are you trying to maybe get closer to like the head of your religion and actually understand a little bit more about things that happened in the past and things that you believe in are you trying to do that or are you just trying to stay up late and eat cookies yeah. right? i mean if you're going through the spirituality there we go side of things, <laughs> that wraps up nicely today, dude. <laughs> yeah. but if you're going spiritual <laughs> I, know, I know i was like i was like man, spiritual side of things i was trying to get it out. the spiritual side of things yeah like then yeah you know i mean you're practicing discipline yeah that's what it really is about yeah. that's, that's what why the month I, is that's about. why i take from discipline it, yeah. giving back to god giving back to the religion you know understanding things from a different perspective but if you're overindulging everything at night then you know you're kind of throwing that out the window yeah a little bit so i mean well that's something important because when you go through a fast anyway like your cortisol will elevate a little bit during that period i mean depending on how well you've prepared for it the night before and that can go to your sleep and that can go to obviously what you've ate too even that high alert system with your body anyway and so you already kind of have that elevation having some kind of a intention set i think is dead on that people kind of it's kind of the same thing with our holidays too and christmas and those kinds of like it becomes less about what the holiday was actually supposed to be about it becomes more about like the gifts and things like that whereas ramadan like i feel like the intention does need to be set at the beginning of this is what i'm focusing on this month and this is my mindset with it or this is yeah the intention for it because that's going to help alleviate some of that stress when your body is already under that digestive and kind of physical or emotional stress load that you're feeling from just fasting and not giving yourself the nutrients during the day, I would say the hydration part, the dehydration is probably the biggest factor in elevating that cortisol. So having that intention set with your mind, I think can definitely help alleviate some of the the stress that comes along with when you do get that next meal or how you're going to have your next meal or attending all the social functions and kind of spreading yourself thin throughout that time. So Because when we're stressed, we crave the sweet, high fat. Just before we forget on that dehydration point of view, like do you think that maybe people like... 
Obviously, classically, yeah. people don't drink enough water anyway. But do you think a lot of that kind of uh, satiety can be solved by just like trying to drink a little bit more water during that, like the time that you're allowed to eat um, before you actually maybe break your fast properly with food? Yeah, the best way to stay hydrated. And this is something I did a lot with my clients last year. And a lot of them noticed a big difference in how they felt during our workouts and also just in general throughout the day. But making sure you get in plenty of watery fruits and vegetables once you break your fast, that's really going to help you stay hydrated. So adding those to each one of your meals is going to be great because what happens is we break the fast, right? We've got the dates, there's high sugar, that's going to kind of dehydrate you a little bit. If you're going for all the sweets, that's going to dehydrate you. Anything fried is going to dehydrate the hell out of you. And think of how many fried options there are when you go to breaking a fast. There's a lot of them. Drinking sugar is the other thing. So when you're having your coffee or your tea and you're adding extra sugar in there, or maybe you're going for the sodas or whatever it is that you've been fasting from all day, it just really comes down to paying attention to what you're doing throughout that eating period at night. And that's watery fruits and vegetables are going to help rehydrate you. That bone broth for sure is going to give you a lot of the micronutrients that's going to help your body kind of hold that hydration. And then the healthy fats, again, I'll go back to that. That is one thing that is going to block that sugar spike, but it's also going to help you stay hydrated as well. And you want your last meal of the night, I think, to be very, very heavy in those healthy fats because that's what's going to sustain you throughout the day. And you also want to make sure you have watery fruits and vegetables, especially for that last meal as well. No, true. Sweet, dude. I'm eating a ton of watermelon next month. I do. I get some watermelon in the fridge, man. None for Meg, but I'll give you some love watermelon. watermelon. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it makes total sense. And like, one thing that I can't help but think of is when you were talking about like if you have the sugary stuff and you have all the fat, like all the not so good stuff for you know like the kanaf and whatever else you're gonna be craving it the next day mentally too I mean yeah, you know like it's just well you know like food is a mental yeah. aspect there's an addictive aspect to food so when you're having all that and you're satiating well, food your is brain a, with those food is a very social thing it is but even the next day like I'm saying the hangover I'll call it the hangover effect yeah. from you know, oh, go, yeah. go, going oh, yeah. ham on like everything. Oh my God. I, yeah. Dude, yep. I had a good last night. I woke up this morning and I felt like hungover. I think I got some donuts for it, my birthday and I was like, I had like four of them. And yeah, the next day, all I wanted was donuts. <laughs> and I hadn't had donuts for ages and I didn't crave them or anything like that. But the next thing, yeah. all you want is that. But dude, food is so tied in with addiction. And Meg, I don't know, have you seen, what is it, the C word on Netflix? Oh, yeah, the cancer yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, the cancer documentary. Yeah. When they showed that the big tobacco companies bought the food companies, that's when I was like, all right, so now, would you trust the bastards that were given us cigarettes for 40 Ooh. years saying that you're okay <laughs> to produce your food that you're putting in your mouth and then claim it's not addictive? Dude, like, when I thought about it logically, when I was heavier... Man, I remember I'd open a bag of chips. I'd open a bag of Doritos and I'd just keep eating the Doritos. There was a time where I was eating a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos every damn day with grape soda. Nice. <laughs> it was, it was, games. It, dude, for games. It was damn, it was damn good, though. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> it was damn good, dude. Yeah. But when I think of it logically, so it's gross. like, these are the assholes that did that. They had doctors going on TV in the 60s saying, hey, smoke a cigarette. It's okay. Yeah. Doctor approved. So, <laughs> dude, there are commercials, man. I got to freaking tag some of those in the show notes. But when it comes down to it, because what gets released in the brain when we're happy? Go on. 
Dopamine. <laughs> dopamine. I was waiting for you two to kind of yeah, follow dopamine up there. Not. Liam just looks at me like, yeah, yeah go on. <laughs> just for coming to the face. But anyways, dopamine gets released. So when we get that dopamine release the night before when we're going ham at, you know, football, yeah. the next day, we're chasing gonna, that dopamine. Yeah, we're going to yeah. be lacking in dopamine, you yeah. know, and we're going to be chasing it. We're going to feel like crap. So in essence, you do have a food hangover. Yeah, no, you do genuinely. Like, and well, you have to be really, really mindful of that. And especially the fact that there's 30 days of that. Yeah. And like, so that's the reason why most people are going to be gaining. Like, and so because they're just constantly going back for that, going back for that, going back for that. But I know one thing that but I there's wanted There's other to... ways to get that dopamine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I know that kind of obviously talked on the food thing quite a bit, but kind of bringing it back to training a little bit. Like, can we maintain muscle mass during this part too? Because yeah. that, that is the main thing that I get asked a lot. Like, it's like, okay, I know that Ramadan is coming up. I know that these social events are coming up. I know that I'm going to kind of, my sleep is going to be a bit all over the place. And I know that I'm maybe not going to be eating as optimally as I try to do outside of Ramadan. Am I going to lose everything that I've tried to do during, during the year? I mean, what do we think? No, hell no. I mean, if you're smart about your training, you're smart about your eating, you could potentially actually put muscle on because there have been studies that have shown in mice, actually. And I think maybe some human studies where if you deprive yourself from protein and then you go and eat protein, you have it has more of a yeah. jolt effect. Increased uptake. Increased, of, increased uptake. protein there synthesis. Yeah. 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 Increased protein synthesis because your body's not, you know, you deprived it for so long. So then it's like, all right, give me. Yeah. So then you can maintain those gains, even increase your gains. In fact, this one I'm on, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to try doing more of my strength work early in the morning between seven and eight, you know, and then going throughout the day and then doing my cardio later at night after food. I'm going to see how it goes for the first week and try something new this year. That's definitely a style that when I worked with my clients, it depended on when they wanted to train. If they wanted to get their training in while they're fasted or if they want to do it in after breaking fast, that definitely dictated the type of training that we were doing. So if you're going for, yeah, like high intensity cardio stuff where you're losing, you're sweating a ton and you're losing a lot of water and you're doing that during your fasted period where you're already pretty dehydrated, depending on what you did the night before. You can go into your workout hydrated, but that takes you know a lot of mindfulness the night before and with the sleep. But I like the idea of starting off with your strength training in the morning and finishing with the higher intensity stuff after you've, you've broken the fast just from hydration standpoint. I think that's a lot better for the body and the muscles, but I'm a big fan of yeah strength training fasted. Yeah, I think there's a different benefit to it. And obviously then we know that strength training is going to keep your muscle. Like it's anti-catabolic. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to make mm-hmm. sure that your body will switched on to maintaining lean muscle. That's actually a damn good point. That's a really good point right there. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Because when you are telling your body, hey, we need this muscle, you know, don't start eating away at muscle, eat away at fat first. Then you're kind of, that's where the gains happen. Yeah. For me personally, that's what I do with like most of my clients and athletes. Like I will keep them on like more of a strength program, usually because like we kind of know like people are going to eat a little bit more. Like, so it's a good opportunity to make some good strength gains moving forward, but also they're probably depending on how they eat and how they sleep, they might be a little bit more tired. So higher intensity stuff is less likely to be as effective, but people always like lifting heavy weight. Yeah. And also like, obviously we think about those physiological triggers of like, actually when we lift heavy weight, the body's going to keep hold of lean muscle. When we lift heavy weight, like we're probably going to kind of keep our appetite. So we're kind of not, we're not going to lose too much as well. But then also like, as long as the guys are disciplined and they kind of make the right choices after Fedor, then like we've got a much better chance of kind of keeping lean muscle gains from previous and then also still making steps forward that we can then capitalize on at the end of Ramadan. Yeah. I want to see how my testosterone levels are. 
Because, you know, you can feel when you're sluggish or whatever, your hormones are off. I want to see how my testosterone levels are when I'm lifting like weights in the morning, but it's not going to be like, literally, it's going to be strength. Like I'm not going to crush it. I'm going in there, maybe 80% of my max. That's what I'm going at because you're in a fasted state. I'm going to have the rest of the day plus go to work. So I need to plan the day properly. That's important to touch out. Like, yeah, the, just the expectations, I think, with knowing that your body is going to get weak when it doesn't move. And so during Ramadan, you do have less energy available, but you do want to keep up with your strength. I think setting a good goal with that of like 80%, for some people, maybe it's less. That's your goal. But I think people just need to definitely check in with that, like PRs and things, probably maybe <laughs> Ramadan's not the time to be <laughs> crushing and going after those. Again, it depends on what your routine is and you know what you're doing the night before. But I think definitely making the time for the movement to keep the strength to let your body know exactly that, yeah, you're not trying to be weak. <laughs> I think push-ups, squats, pull-ups, planks, I mean, those are easy body weight ones. If you absolutely feel like you don't have the energy to get to the gym, like make time for some of those body weight things on your own. Just keep that mind-muscle connection going during the month yeah i mean ultimately i think the general gist of the conversation is that like you are not gonna die like because if you don't if you don't eat for nine or ten hours no your body and your body does not want to eat up your muscle like that is going to be the last thing that your body is going to choose to do yeah muscles (laughs) if it's in like that yeah like it's not going to go for that straight away so i think like losing muscle during ramadan it's difficult to do if you're still making time to move if you're hydrating if you're sleeping the best that you can and if you're getting in real whole foods i mean i've heard a really really good uh, analogy for about ramadan and weight training it was kind of just saying it's like a tiger that never hunts when it's full so like obviously that's uh, a big yeah. performance time and it's hungry like it's basically the only reason it's going to hunt is because it's, it's hungry. that's actually that's pretty good uh, so yeah. actually pretty yeah good. so like yeah. kind of actually if you get after it before like there has been studies shown I, I can't remember them off the top of my head I remember this was basis for why how i was training my athletes last ramadan but we did a lot of strength training just before Fatur. Um, yeah. and we actually saw an, a testosterone spike they came in and they were actually pretty lethargic as soon as they started to warm up like they were like on fire. They were yeah. going, going, going. And then they got to like eat after they finished their training and they felt amazing. And then they'd sleep really well, chill out, and then they come and do it in again the next day. So yeah, yeah. I find it is a really, really uh, beneficial way to yeah. do it. No, it's funny. I mean, everyone is different. That's actually really good. I like that analogy, man. That's, you can have that one. I will. I'm going to steal it, dude. I'm going to put it on a bumper sticker or something. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's a good point. Like there have been times where I've gone into workouts fasted. Like my best workouts have been in the morning when I've eaten barely anything, just had yeah. some coffee, it would make sense because you do get that spike, you know, you get that little adrenaline rush and it's like, all right, I'm, yeah, I'm like, good to you, go. Because yeah. your body's like, that's but did you, has to Maddie, focus when on. you did that, did you know that you were going to be doing that the next morning? Like, did you know that you were going to get up and go for that workout that day? And like, did that determine anything for your night routine or how you ate that yeah. night before yeah, bed? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. See, that, I think yeah. that's the huge thing with it. Like, it really is. It's that last meal, <laughs> I think the sleep that you get and what you do and that fast breaks that's going to determine what kind of success you have movement wise stress wise and everything going into the next day i think it all kind of starts it's the opposite like usually we say you know good sleep starts in the morning you know getting up getting some good sunlight getting that circadian rhythm going you know good movement throughout the day like your that stuff is going to set you up for good sleep at night in ramadan it's kind of the opposite schedule so i think it's what you do in that night routine and that fasting breaks is what's going to set you up for success in the morning no it totally makes a difference i mean if i ate like crap the night before I was having a horrible workout. There's no way. Yeah, Yeah. I was having a horrible workout. And then I got into this kick for about two years or three years where I would not eat four or five hours prior to my workout just because I felt better. 
but every single person is different. Some people can't lift weights yeah. before Fulour. They can't exercise before Fulour, so they leave it till afterwards, which is totally fine. I mean, yeah. as we say, it depends. Yeah. You know, it really just depends on you. But finding yeah. a good coach would be a good thing to help that. That is very true. Someone who actually understands nutrition, yeah. understands the training elements, but also understands you as well. And so if you guys have right. a coach, then don't be afraid to ask them, like, what is the best thing for me? And then try it out. Because again, like this is a completely new cycle of the year for that particular athlete. And so, and then mm-hmm. just got to try it and you've got to see what happens just the same as any other month in the year. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's your body. So at the end of the day, you should, you know, it takes a while to learn what your body needs to function. And yeah, I mean, I'm well into my thirties and I still don't understand my body completely. And a lot of people are like, it's, a, it's an ongoing process. Cause every, I mean, yeah, you, what you did in your twenties is going to be different for what your body requires in your thirties, your forties, your fifties. I mean, there's always going to be a trial and error process, but I think the more you kind of, you know, play around with these ideas of things, you know, intermittent fasting or, you know, less sugar intake or fats and healthy fats and discuss the more in tune you come with it, that you kind of know how to grow with your body, become better at being intuitive with it and listening. You know what your body is kind of asking for. You know what those signs of dehydration feel like versus, you know, just a caffeine headache or, you know, a lack of sleep. Like you can start to differentiate those kinds of signals from your body. Intermittent fasting is a great way to become in touch with a lot of that of like, what is your body communicating to you? And when you are fasting, I hate to say this, but it is probably the best time to lose (laughs) belly fat. Like the visceral fat, the visceral fat in studies have yeah. shown that yeah. visceral yeah. fat is the first to come off. So it's probably mm-hmm. the most ideal time to exercise. But again, you got to see how you feel. Yeah. yeah. It just takes discipline, doesn't it? Like, I mean, I think it just comes down to just like, you got to decide what you want and then you got to do it. Hey, like, man, that's what Ramadan's all about, man. It's discipline. Yeah. But that's why, that's <laughs> yeah. why I would like, that's why right. I would like to see more people getting after yeah. it. Like, because I'm like taking advantage of the fact that it's there. And like, rather than going, oh, well, it's Ramadan, like I got to do this. It's like, no, like be like, it's Ramadan. It's a great opportunity for me to get after my goals in an even like more intense way. Like it's a great opportunity because almost everyone else around the it is supporting. first couple of weeks really strong. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like maintaining it through. Like realistically, it's only one month. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get after it. And it resets yeah. your gut. Like, so I, mate, it's definitely helps I was the just going to say, yeah, <laughs> it definitely does. I'm saying there's like, whether your goal is to lose some body fat or to maintain your muscle or whatever intention you set for the mouth. There's like seven key takeaways. We'll just recap. I think that kind of fit into all of that. And that is the sugar intake, being mindful of that. Number one, drinking sugar, eating sugar. The probiotic deficiency is the other one. So that goes right into the gut health that you were just mentioning. And that's where the bone broth is key because your disease starts in the guts. And if you're loading up with, you know, the sugars are the unhealthy things. You're damaging what's happening in your guts at that time. And the intermittent fasting is something that's great for killing off a lot of the bad bacteria and things in there that can damage your guts and cause a disease. So if you go for something like the bone broth, the healthy fruits and vegetables, the herbs, the spices, the real food, you know, the good fermented stuff that can really help promote that in the fasting period. So making sure at night that you've got some good probiotics in there. Yeah. Gut health is a huge one with success in Ramadan for sure on those goals. And then the fat, the good, healthy fats, like fat does not make you fat. And I just feel like that conversation can't happen enough because people still go after the low fat labels. You know, they're concerned, especially in Ramadan with losing fat. And those are just packed with more sugar. Anything labeled low fat, I would say ditch it. Don't go for it because they're packed with more sugar. Sorry. And things that are going to increase the, all those things that we were talking about, like the next day of wanting to reach for the bad stuff and it's going to disrupt your sleep totally. So fat's going to promote good sleep. It's going to help with those sugar intake um, or sugar spikes. And it tastes good. It really does. I mean, it just 
avocado. I think that last meal of the day, I think one of the best ones that I've recommended for a lot of people. And when I played with as my eggs with the yolk, that's just a great, really nutrient dense one. Uh, nuts and seeds are great ones for kind of those later snacks in the evening because that fat is slow burning too. So that's what's going to keep you going through those long fasting hours, especially if you are going to move around the next day or if you have to go to work or whatever the situation is, I think keeping that fat in there. And then the movement and the mindfulness, you know, find what movement works for you. Don't let the body get weak during that time. Even if it's just your body weight, you know, add more of it in through the day. A good fasted walk in the morning is probably a great way to, to start off the day let your body know that, you know, you're working with it (laughs) and that setting that intention and sleep. That's the biggest thing that's going to set you up for success too. And going on with that of like the social hours and those being so late, I think the other thing crashes with this is the, you talk about the circadian rhythm and it's that screen time before bed and stuff too. So not only are we up a lot later and socializing, yeah, but if we're on our phones and things, you know, kind of keeping that old night routine of that blue lights being emitted and telling your body that it's still time to stay up and go, I think kind of watch the screen time at some of those gatherings as well and emails and texts and all that stuff that's going on just later in the day and later at night and heavy conversations, gossip conversations and that kind of stuff that can all disrupt your sleep. If you're getting into that kind of stuff, you know, before your body is ready to shut it down and de-stress, I think those are all things to be mindful of in those late night events. Yeah, so not much then. You just gave me a reason to do the carnivore diet, dude. I'm so eating a T-bone steak every the damn night. Dude. Yeah, dude. I've been itching to try it. And my cousin yeah. scared me off. He's like, he's a doctor. He's like, dude, you'll kill your kidneys, your liver, and this. No, man. After what you just said, I'm going all That's fat right. Ramadan. Yeah. Carnivore yeah. diet all the way, dude. Makes, <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Give it a try. I'm never going to say no. Like, I think experiment and see what you learn. Go for it. Dude, chicken. <laughs> I swear to God, chicken doesn't sit well with me. Like, I figured it out. I had chicken this week and I was like fighting with everybody, dude. Fighting. Yeah. Just I was fighting. like, I was in a mood. Everything felt off. I had red meat yesterday. I feel great today. No problem. No problem. I feel great, dude. Sick. Carnivore diet. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to try it. You should try I, it. No, I'm going to try I was it. Saying, if you want to, if the nutrition stuff is overwhelming too, like I say those like seven things, but I feel like a lot of them are all just kind of like the same thing. It's just low sugar, high fat. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, well. yeah, it's those just, are the main takeaways. It's make but, good choices. But I would say there is a challenge that was, I forget who started it. I was going around, but it was like the 800 grams of fruit and vegetables per night challenge. And I did that one last year. I still drink water during the day during Ramadan, but I did do some fasting during that time. But I did the 800 grams of fruits and their vegetables and you can have them in any form. They can be fresh, frozen, canned if you want. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like just get your fruits and vegetables in, but eight servings. It's like eight to 10 servings is what that kind of works out to is 800 grams of it. So like a fist size, let's say. And if you just kind of, that's an easy measurement while you are at those events of just like loading up your plates. So try to get in and all your meals throughout the night, eight to 10 servings of that. That's a lot. It's a good amount, but that's, that's a lot. It is. It's a lot. You know, it's got the good water that's going to hydrate you. It's very nutrient dense. It makes a big difference. You feel good. Sweet. We'll try that. I feel good on me. I'm still saving over just, the meat that I'm cherry, eating. Cherry picking makes advice now. I, I, know, I know, right? I'm just taking what I like out of it. I'm like, all right, Meg, you're awesome, dude. You're the shit, man. <laughs> Giving me everything I want out of that's this conversation. So funny. Eat the meat, go to sleep. Yeah. De-stress. Don't talk. Don't bitch yeah. about anybody. Just don't, don't, don't do anything. Just eat. I'm go good. to the gym. That's it. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of the concise edition of what we just said. Just like don't speak to anyone. Like you don't need to. Don't go on your phone. Don't do anything. Just go to the gym and eat meat. 
right. I'm doing it for that's the show now. It. Yeah. Well, that's what makes it, and yeah. I'm doing it for the show. <laughs> done. I'm doing the experiment for the show. <laughs> Ramadan techniques done. Completed. I, I feel like you guys have twisted. I feel like you guys have twisted my words. No, no, we have not. That's it. No, we're good. Okay, thank you very much, Meg. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's confused. No, 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 they can hit rewind. They can, they can actually listen to the real stuff. Meg, Meg said legit stuff, but no, I, I mean, guess. no, you're right, Meg. I mean, 100. No, it's 100, dude. But cool. I mean, it's discipline, and hopefully, everyone does have a good Ramadan. You know, I think. So if, if you don't have an intention set for Ramadan, then your intention is discipline. We'll set it for you. That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> that's one. That's is. a really good one. That's that's a good one, Meg. There we go. See, Meg does come out with interesting stuff. Well, she's waking up, dude. Yeah, there we she's go. She's almost <laughs> awake. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes later. I hate you guys she so had a much coffee. right now. <laughs> All right, guys. But happy Ramadan. Wait, hold on. We you have know. no idea how hard it is to do this when you can't see people. It's quite funny. It's quite funny. I know. Because uh, there, there were some pauses. It leaves like, I don't know, looking over there and I'm like flipping them off. And... <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy Ramadan, guys. <laughs> Have a happy Ramadan. Ramadan. Uh, that's my Arabic bit right there. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Impressive. Impressive. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.